1310 on your smart speakers. News Talk KZRG, Peter Thiel. Steve Scott. And Ted Bohorquez. Lots of stuff going on. He's the legislative lion uh, from Neosho. His name is Ben Baker. Uh, good morning, Ben. How's your week? Oh, it's going good so far. Good morning. Excellent. Well, good morning. Why do we need the hands-free law? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think you guys know I've talked about this uh, over the past few years, but I have been in opposition uh, all the way with this move to, to change our law regarding that. I, you know, I always say I don't want to make Missouri, California. Uh, we, we already have reckless driving laws. Uh, and there's many worse distractions that are still allowed by the law. I mean, you can still have pets in your vehicle. Uh, you can still eat in your vehicle. You you can apply your makeup while you're driving, and nobody's going to say anything about that. But yet they want to change it when it comes to phones. Um, now, when this bill came through this year, um, we we tried to make an amendment and were able to be successful in doing that. We made an amendment that removed the primary offense language. So it's, it's much like our current law when it comes to seat belts. An officer cannot pull you over solely for that. It's, it's not a primary offense. So even if they see you with your, with your cell phone, there has to be another reason why they pull you over. Uh, so that went into effect this week um, on Monday. And here's the thing, too. I, I you know, uh, law enforcement have more than enough to do, and they're shorthanded, uh, than to than to police what you're holding in your hand and your or you know sitting in your lap while driving. You know, but um, I so, will say, just to be the devil's advocate here, and this is not the only you know cell phone usage while driving is not the only reason. But when my when I moved to this area over four years ago, my insurance went up about fifteen percent. Sure, and I'm, and I don't know if it's you know only because of that and Missouri not having a hands free law. But again, I you know I just the, the incremental way in which these things go typically is what I'm have always been concerned about. You know. Uh, and she can guarantee what they're going to do now is they're going to try to change it where it is a primary offense. And then they'll just keep incrementally moving it in that direction. And next thing you know, we are just like California. And, uh, you know, in, until you are fair in the way that you apply that with other distractions, I, you know, I don't think uh, it's a good thing. But that's that's my opinion. That's where I've been on it. Um, you know, now we have it and we have to deal with it. All right. It's uh, now we have Republican uh, legislators that are seeking to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, make more vi- more uh, availability for legalized abortion as part of the state constitution. Uh, it's there's a real fear that uh, uh, Missouri could become like Kansas and have uh, in the constitution. Uh, an abortion law right up to nine months. I think it is uh, something that we, you know, I'm concerned about. We've talked about it with the initiative petitions. And I I saw the ABC News article yesterday that came out, you know, citing some uh, suburban woman from St. Louis who is filing these initiative petitions 
to add exceptions to Missouri's abortion law. And she, you know, claims to be a Republican uh, and states that, you know, she wants an alternative that's passable on the ballot, <coughs> excuse me, but that the – and this statement that was made in the article, I really – uh, took exception to it, said that the current law is completely out of line with voters. And I, I, I really disagree with that assessment. You know, I can tell you that the voters of the 160th district uh, support what the current law is. Uh, you know, I co-sponsored the heartbeat bill and have been elected twice since then and, and once uh, completely unopposed. If I were to support exceptions, you know, not only am I against that in principle, but I would I'd get primaried in my district. So it's not accurate to say that it's completely out of line with voters. Uh, you know, so I not only do I disagree with that in principle, but I'm I'm representing my district. And what happens here's what happens. Uh, consultants will do some poll in in the suburban areas and they'll try to say that, you know, the only way that we can capture these women voters is to compromise on this issue. And then they will find some person, like they did in this article, to file these petitions and then try to message that, well, Republicans are addressing that one issue. Uh, so that, therefore, we're going to capture those voters. But I have a hard time believing that sub- suburban women only care about that one issue. You know, what about parents' rights? What about school choice? What about women's rights? Defining what a woman is, all these issues that the left has gone completely off the deep end on. Um, and to think that, you know, their vote is reduced to just this one issue, I think is, is not exactly the case. And, and, and really, in some instances, a slight to, to women voters in general. And if, you know, if I had to compromise core beliefs uh, to get elected, I, I wouldn't run for office. So, you know, I, 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 I think too many times it's this you know, approach of, well, the polls say this, and to capture capture these voters, we've got to compromise on this issue. And, you know, they oftentimes overlook the fact that there's a principle there. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I am concerned about the initiative petition process that we do, as we've discussed before. Yeah, well, obviously that is something that has to uh, go, and we have to have, uh, you know, real discussion about initiative petition. And unfortunately, until we have... Uh, gubernatorial leadership that will be aggressive on initiative petition reform instead of just giving lip service to it. I think that we're stuck the way we are. I think that's a big part of it. You know, our attorney general right now is definitely uh, trying to fight back against this and, and, uh, and secretary of state Jay Ashcroft as well. Um, But, you know, we'll see what the next year holds. It's, it's going to be, um, quite an election year on all fronts. Yeah, and by the way, I will begin to, on the KZRG Morning News Watch, uh, you know, we have not had any gubernatorial or uh, lieutenant gub, we haven't had any of the candidates on at this point, mainly because it's just too doggone early. Uh, But once we get to maybe October or so, I may may start fielding the uh, gubernatorial candidates at that point. And yeah. uh, and obviously initiative petitions could be one of the real big issues that has to go through and also creating a, a, a better business climate, which for whatever reason, as conservative as this state is with the Republican majority, we cannot get really good 
uh, uh, business-friendly legislation through, which is frustrating as hell. It is. You know, and that's the thing for me. It, it should always be the perspective of uh, removing unnecessary barriers for, for business uh, and downsizing government. That's what it has to come to to really make an impact. It's, it's not the crony capitalism that oftentimes the legislature wants to do, picking winners and losers. It is that deregulation. That's where it's at. Absolutely. All right. It's Ben Baker. Thank you very much. You have a great holiday weekend. You too. Have a good day. Yep. Ben Baker, everybody. News Talk KZRG.